I mean, relationships are built on trust, right? It's the same thing when you're talking about music and you're talking about the people that are supposed to help you with your life's dream. If you're going to somebody who you respect enough to ask a question, if they don't give you the honest answer back, it's almost like they don't respect you. Artists have to be able to understand that respect isn't always cute and cuddly and Sometimes it's, I've seen you do amazing, this is me. I'm beyond thrilled to be welcoming in on the One More Time podcast, legendary Hooper from the Clippers, it's Kawhi Leonard! <laughs> Kawhi! I've actually heard that before. Kawhi Leonard? <laughs> no, <laughs> Kawan Prather. Kawan Prather. KP the Great. Let's go. Okay, I just I have to pop your shit for you for our audience, like before we get started. So like, just bear with me. It's a long list of things that I have to actually read off. So he was an original member of the Dungeon Family. This dude worked yeah. at, at LaFace Records, the legendary LaFace Records. Outcast, Pink, Usher, etc. This dude signed Yellow Wolf TI to Ghetto Vision, which he didn't even realize he was wearing his own merch Young to the Bloods interview before they had any music. Young out. Bloods. Yep. He now manages TI, so that has come full circle. Production, songwriting credits. Might or might not have won a Grammy for All Right with Kendrick. Uh, he's head of music at I Am Other with Pharrell. I mean, he's a, a DJ that does like huge festivals as well. I mean, like, what does this guy not fucking do, Henry? I can't think of anything. This is this is like the ultimate guest. This is the ultimate yes. guest for the One More Time podcast, bro. So oh, wow. really appreciate you dealing with my professional persistence, as Amber Grimes would call it. I like it. That's how we got her on the show, and I'm assuming that's how we finally landed it's the KP. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, I watched the show because I like I like that you guys talk about actual music business. Yes. And yeah. like, and y'all give information. So it's like I check in every now and again, and I feel like every time I pop up on y'all live, I get a hold up KP. So when you do it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Damn it, KP. <laughs> Henry might not have known about those. I need a burner. I'm proud of that. Yeah, no, that's cool. He, he literally needs a burner account because, you know, at this point, actually, you can just, you know, chime in. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think the way that we wanted to frame this conversation up is that there's very few people. Um, you're in a select group, I would say, of people that have really spanned over three decades in the music business. Yeah, I'm old. And it's not to make you well, feel old. It's really not to do no, no, that, bro. I actually it's, like it. It's, it's, it's meant to, to showcase that, like, you're not only still around, but you're still, like, operating at the highest level. Still right? crushing it. Um, you know, you. You, you, yeah. know, you just executive produced... Uh, ghetto gods with earth gang. Right. And so yep. like, that's, that's just one of the most, your more recent things that I know of just because I'm a huge earth gang fan, for example. Right. right? Yeah. So you're still like active in this shit. And so I think that with the music industry evolving over the last 30 plus years, I really want to dive into kind of some of the, like, you know, comparing and contrasting the different, uh, facets of the business. Right. Because mm -hmm. like you said, we are here to talk about like how this shit works because we're all trying to help our audience figure it out. We're trying to figure it out along the way. Uh, but so just to start it off, like as someone who has achieved this, you know, longevity in your career, if you had to sum up kind of like three reasons or like three characteristics that you possess, like, let's just start it off with like, why do you think you've been able to do this? Um, I think one, because, I can see really clearly. Um, Even through, through those shades? shades. Oh, Damn, no, bro. That was that's that was tight. Easy. Y'all know each other. We need that's, to take a break, bro. <laughs> like, I hang was, out with him way too that much. Was strange. That was but yeah, wild. Even, the shades help, actually. But, um, yes. but no, nah, and I'm, I'm not a hater. Ooh. Like, that's, that's, that's first. It's like, 
because what I see, I can appreciate. And, and if there's something I can do to help and support, I do. Um, three. Um, yeah, it's kind of, is that a lot? I don't know. I was trying to think of the number of things he needed to say. Yeah. Three too much? Three, no, Let three. him cook. Let okay, him. cool. Let I'm trying to no, think. Like, three is a good Okay, one. I thought he was like, I only got one. making me, like, think about this. <laughs> okay, oh, good. Perfect. We, we like to make you think. I mean, I, and the other one I think is I'm always I'm always in a very student position. Like, I'm, I, like I always want to learn something else. Yes. Major. Uh-huh. Yeah, Rico Brooks hit that nail on the head pretty hard when we yep. had him on. He's constantly learning because yeah. shit's always changing. To your point, with the you know the whole point of what we want to talk about. Yeah, today. I try not to know too much. Yeah, you you mentioned this in another interview. We talked about this off camera, and I did see this. Okay, so um, you know you mentioned that you I are I told you okay. exactly. <laughs> you all you are always curious. So mm-hmm. they didn't ask you this question though. What's the most recent thing that you've learned that's helped you in your your career that you don't always have to have it all the way together to start. And it's, it's funny because walking in, we were talking about departments, um, yeah. TI's movie that he directed, he wrote, directed with champ, um, and financed is fully independent. And it was done during pandemic. Obviously, like when you're doing your first thing, like your first podcast, you kind of don't have all the, the things that, you know, that will make it professional and shiny and perfect. And watching him go put this together and then, you know, when we decided that, you know, we're going to put it out independently. I mean, first of all, by force, because it just happened to be that the strike and all these things were happening that, that made it almost like it bottlenecked the options into the only way you can do it without getting without getting in trouble with SAG, you have to, without getting in trouble with the writers union, yep. you have to put it out completely independent. And in doing that, it, it just worked out because now people are actually, you know, it, it's we're learning the entire game of it. And and he's getting the gratification of seeing his vision through the way he wanted it to kind of higher, higher risk, higher reward. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of method, yeah. And, you know, and now it's at the point where it's, you know, it's made a, made a couple of dollars and okay. and it's like it's, did it recoup everything. That it's almost at recoupment. OK. And that's and which is. You know, which is a big deal because he really did come out of his pocket for it. Yeah. And to, you know, not only that, pulling together all the, the his his people, his actual people he actually knows, runs with, we call him the Ha Ha Mafia. Um, and, <laughs> the Ha Ha Mafia. Yeah, you know what That's I'm saying? That's great. Yeah, you can't recall that. Um, <laughs> but but it's, 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 it's just a, a real communal, you know, thing that came to fruition. And that, that's, that's dope. So just... Just do it is the whole point. Yeah. yeah. Man, I feel like as someone who's arguably, I mean, you've just had your hand in so many things over the years. I feel like being a part of something like that, right? Even, it, even well, though- Well, by the way, I didn't even have anything to do with it other than I read the script when he sent it. Sure. After he wrote it. But- and after he finished, he did, like, they, it was done. I was living in LA when he wrote this. They filmed it while I was living in LA. I came back to Atlanta. He asked me to manage him. Like oh, it, it was. Well, you weren't even managing. Oh wow! At the, time. at the time he did it, I had nothing to do with it. Okay, okay. wow. Like, Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Like this happened. Like I, <laughs> I started managing Tip and or a part of his team, but manager. Um, at January of 2022. Okay. And it was like the week after he had done his first comedy set, and it was just like, oh, this actually feels like it's going to be interesting because it's it's some new things to it. It wasn't like me coming back to just manage him as a, as an MC. Yeah. Right. It was like, Oh, it's some more layers to it that not only are we gonna have to figure out that that could be possibly really fun. 
And that was what I was going to allude to, even though you didn't have a hand in departments, right? Uh, as, as far as like... I did the alley of connecting for di- distribution. Like that, that was my job. Oh, so then he did have That something. is yeah. important. <laughs> How are we going to distribute this thing? Okay, yeah. I know a guy. Yeah, uh, know a guy but, but, but yeah, so like for me, I think that is what is so cool about you is that you're just constantly challenging yourself creatively and to, and to just be involved with new things. Because yeah, you've done the... You've done the rapper or artist only specific things over the years, right? So yeah. like someone like Tip, who's podcast, comedy, movie, TV, yeah. TV exactly. Like he was borderline Sword. one of my favorite characters in American Gangster. Like I'm just yeah. gonna call that. I mean, is it because you knew it was him? Or? I mean, maybe. Don't <laughs> fucking you don't knew question he was from the south. Exactly. Yeah, don't definitely. Fucking, don't fucking question it. All right. Uh, but no, man. So. Obviously, A and R has been a huge part of your career. Yeah. Uh, you've held executive titles at, you know, Sony, Columbia, obviously at LaFace, right? Back in the day with Atlantic, L.A. Reid, yeah, Def Jam, everywhere, yeah. pretty much everywhere. All of them. <laughs> He's yeah. made the rounds. Yeah, I went to uh, as many labels as I did high schools. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a great way of putting it. We're not going to unpack your high school at this point, but it sounds. <laughs> I was like curious. You, okay, there we go. Um, so, like, you know, you've you've told this story kind of, but I, I, you know, I want to ask it a different way, like. What, what were you told that A&R was by L.A. Reid or, or Pebbles even back in the day? Ironically, it was it was told to me that it was what I was doing already. Which was what? Which was mm-hmm. kind of like, at the time, I was a sober person in the crew. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, and I just kind of paid attention to, to everything. I was like, why, is, why are things happening? Um, like, for Pebbles specifically, I, I think it was the, the, the group I used to be in, Parental Advisory, yep. at PA. We were doing our first video. I think it was our first video. No, second, um, Maniac. And the director kept putting like a, a beer bottle on my turntable table. And at the time I didn't drink, so I just kept moving it. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just like not even like a, a thought. It was like, oh, he must have somebody left a beer a 40. This is in this is in my way. It was a yeah. 40, it was a big bottle. Yeah, it was a big bottle. So it was like I was like, I noticed it. So I kept moving it, but it kept popping back up. So finally I was like, you know, I asked the question why, blah, blah, blah. And 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 I think I, I said something to the effect of, it's, I mean, what, y'all getting paid for this shit? <laughs> and and so I, and it went hush. Like, mm. oh, it was a hush over the video set. <laughs> and and Pete Pebbles came over to me and kind of explained, like, yeah, they, the, this beer bottle pays for the lights. Mm-hmm. This beer bottle is doing, I was like, oh, okay, cool. We'll let Reese hold it because he drinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but just from a, she, it, it was one of those things where I just wanted to know, but it was curiosity plus instinct because it felt like it was insistent. It kept it kept popping back up, and that made me want to. When she said that, that made me want to learn more about the business, like the whys of you know, like when you see stuff in in videos, why is it there? Like it's probably a purpose, and that's easier probably to you know notice when you're sober, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Say, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so so then meeting, I mean, her letting me come around, hang out in the office, and learn stuff led to her introducing me to her husband in a, in a real way. Like she introduced me in a way that was like, you should really pay attention to him. And he asked, he would ask me questions and randomly one night he asked me about, um, we were in the studio working at their house. Um, at the time the studio was in their house and he came down and played me like some Tony Braxton records before her album came out. The first album. And it was like seven whole days, breathe again. Um, another sad love song. And he just asked me what I thought. And I was like, well, I like, you know, he played me a bunch of songs. And I was like, I remember those. And I think he asked me something to the effect of, which one would you put out? 
And I was like, well, this this song sounds big and it seems like not just black people, but white people were like this, but I wouldn't start there. That was Breathe Again. And the another sad love song, it had the words another sad love song on the radio. And I was like, just as a very obvious kind of thought, I was like, well, it seemed like radio would play that mm. because it's a great song and it's talking about them. Mm. So it was like applicable. Yeah. And he was like, oh. And not that I'm not saying that he's did it because of that, but but maybe, but that, but but it, I, but <laughs> possible. I, but the thing is, I, the question was asked, and I answered it in a way that was in line with what happened in in the success of it. Yeah. And then he explained to me like, what you're doing is like a job. Like this was a year, a couple of years later after we had been out with our first album. I think we were touring, and. I met, you know, I was meeting people on the road and kind of like LA, I met this guy, like you should know him. And he was like, this is a whole thing. This thing you're doing, I pay people to do this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> you want to pay me to do that? Or, yeah. or like- and, and honestly, one day I took one of my homeboys up there to meet him as an artist, um, ordering your life. Um, he didn't sign him, but he was like, the way that I went about it, he, he thought I was doing a Wow. So mm-hmm. he asked me to actually take a job and I did Wow. Damn. So in 2023 now, mm-hmm. how do you like? How would you define A and R to someone who's like, what's what's A and R? What's an A and R? Like, if I'm talking about it in its fundamental state, it's the it's like the person who is supposed to be the translator between the artist and the company, mm-hmm. and the company being the, the label, the label, right? Yeah, sure. And or and and the person who facilitates new relationships that you feel like will help that artist get to the said goal, right? Like for me, I'm sorry, for me, NR is like getting to know an artist, seeing what the character of the artist is, right? And then figuring out who would understand that, who could help highlight and amplify the cool, the coolest parts of it. And yeah, it's kind of like a, I guess an alchemist in, in that way. It's a producer too, but it's a lot of the, the same muscles being used, but in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because there's uh, we talk to people, and I, it seems like there's different kinds of ARs. Yeah, absolutely, now. and I, I think there's like the one that's different. in the studio all the time, yeah. real close to the music. Mm-hmm. There's the one that knows everyone mm-hmm. and connects the dots. Yeah, so, like I've heard it called like the socialite ANR, mm-hmm. the data ANR, mm-hmm. and the kind of taste ANR. Yeah, right. Um, and even influencer ANRs, right? But which I, do you think you? Have been or are even still in, in I this think day? I have the ability to be any of them, depending on who the artist is. That's why he's KP the fucking great. Come on, drop some bombs in here. Let's go. <laughs> it's not KP the mid. No, it is it's not. It's not KP the rich. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking not. We wouldn't have gotten that guy on the podcast, I'll tell you that. That guy has no self confidence. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so you have been able to maybe like. I, no, I, I recognize who people, like, I really try to get to know people and figure out what they're trying to do. I ask the questions, what's the goal? Mm-hmm. And then we figure out what's needed. Because sometimes, like, some artists need way less. All they need is a point in a direction. Sometimes it's, you know, an introduction to the right producer. Sometimes it's finding the right writer who can help them. Um, you know, it's like, it's, it's just never, it's not one thing. If, if you're doing it right, you should be fluid. Sure. Mm-hmm. What are some, so... Obviously, like when, when, you know, LA and Pebbles recognize like your innate ability to kind of just observe and ask the right questions and present things in a certain way and give your opinion that that's a valid opinion from that day 
to then obviously like fast forward through all the legendary like projects that you've been a part of all the legendary artists that you've a and and you've worked with, right? Like how would you say your approach evolved and can you point to any like, man, when I worked on this album, that's when I figured like this shit out, for example, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like, is there any like specific milestones or points in the evolution of your A&R abilities? Cause you clearly, I'm assuming you've grown as an A&R, even though you had that like kind of natural talent to begin yeah. with to get to like where it got, it got crazy obviously over the years. So it's yeah. like, what, what did you do or what did you see and how did it actually play out? Okay. And it's funny cause I think this is a, a good and bad thing. I found that when I'm being my most honest, the, the, the room feels that and, and I can translate a lot easier. Honest in the sense of what? Just so everyone No, my, my opinion, my feeling. About like, the like, music? Yeah, it's not like I don't, it's funny because I don't think I'm smart about music, but I know what I feel. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really clear about, you know, I'm a DJ first. So I'm really like thinking about music in context. Like, yeah, how, how can, important, how connected are those two oh, titles, right? For I me, mean, for me, yeah. it's, it's probably the most. Being a DJ was the thing that LA recognized and asked me about about the Tony Braxton shit. I was a DJ in the group. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't a rapper. I wasn't like I could write, but I wasn't like I wasn't upfront. But I understood how music played against other music, and even how you do things to make. Sh- I, I noticed the things that stood out on certain songs. Um, yeah, it's like I, I understood how people received music, and so I have an advantage on understanding like. Yeah, this could be a great song, but how are we going to market it if it doesn't like what where are you where is this to be played? Mm-hmm. Who is this for? Cuz I know there's different clubs, there's lounges, there's hotels, there's so many places you can introduce music to people, but how does this stand out when you do it? Like where will it stand out the most? Um so those things always played a part in how I listen to music. Like I don't if something feels like mid is mid to me. I don't I don't try to overhype it. I don't try to try to convince myself that it's something else because I'm not a salesman. Like I'm not a, like I'm actually not a good salesperson. Like I can't sell anything. It's funny how, in, how powerful that is. We, we started doing like live music reviews. We'll get on Instagram mm-hmm. live and people will submit music mm-hmm. for us to listen to. And I can just tell by the way that me and Ben will, you know, say how we feel honestly about mm-hmm. something. <laughs> it's, very often not positive, right. you know, so a lot of times it's positive, but we'll say something that, you know, like this could be worked on just the reactions. It's like they're hearing for what the first, mean? for the first time. No, they love it. They, oh. It's like, it's hearing, they're hearing it for the first time. It, it makes me feel like they're surrounded by yes men all the time yeah. who just love everything they do and want to support them. And they think that that's helpful. So it's like the first person that's like, well, you kind of like got real, like you sounded like you were reading it right there and the energy got kind of off on these two bars, like something as little as that yeah, makes that, them but appreciate that. But that's how, I mean, relationships are built uh, on trust, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing when you're talking about music and you're talking about the people that are supposed to help you with your life's dream. So if, if you're going to somebody who you respect enough to ask a question, if they're, if they don't give you the honest answer back, it's almost like they don't respect you. Ooh. And I think that Artists have to be able to understand that respect isn't always cute and cuddly and shit. Yes. You know, it's like love isn't always that, you know, like, oh, you're so great. Sometimes it's, yeah, you, you I've seen you do amazing. This is mid. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, it's, it's, um, yeah, and I think it's based on, I love music. I, I, I'm a fan. 
like all of my musical taste is based on early hip hop rules like don't bite like you know the whole be original um, bring something new to it like show up be fly like be noticed don't just blend in mm-hmm. so um so when I listen to music it's the same it's usually the same thing so sometimes I can I can miss not necessarily miss a hit but sometimes I can be dismissive of a hit if I know it's not necessarily as creative mm. like I've I've definitely like What's a song you've missed? What's a song you fucking missed, KP? I know you got one that you remember. Like, <laughs> damn, I was wrong about that one. Wrong, wrong. Um, and the thing is, here, here's the fucked up part about it is because I can I can separate my opinion from what I what can work as a DJ. So I oh one of the biggest ones <laughs> probably Ti. You don't know me. Mm. <laughs> oh no! You, no gave the, I, you gave it the. I didn't give it a thumbs down. I was. He was like, "Man, I'm about to put this out." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Feel like Project Pet. Like I feel that. And oh. and it was and it was you know again at the time it was like like again jamming. Be easy was my jam. Like mm. you know it is it's kind of like those like be easy felt special and different and I never heard again never heard a dope boy play piano vibes. Mm-hmm. It was. It just felt like something that stood out, and I'm not saying that sometimes those records, sometimes those records aren't the most commercially successful records, but they're the records that sow the seed that you have a lifetime fan. Mm. So you know, mm, that's damn, a good one. That's a fucking that's bar a right one. there, bro. Because we we like are kind of the like I don't know opposite, or not opposites, but like we just challenge each other in that and challenge our audience in that same thing of like. We're here to try and help them understand the music business and how things can be commercially successful. This is the business. Like these are people yeah. that are listening that are trying to like monetize their music and their art, right? right? So I lean more towards maybe the you don't know me's and the you know that type of thing where it's like I know that that's gonna work yeah. with you know the masses or that's gonna have a fan base like automatically. But to your point. That life, t- that, that that lifetime fan, like those like lifetime fan those records, career. Yeah, like I'm 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 pro- I'm more a career artist, you know. Like I'm I'm more attracted to that idea. Yeah, like I've done like records that have just been a hit. Like my first real successful thing as an A&R person was that's just my baby daddy. Yeah, mm-hmm. like huge for that summer. Yes. And and by the way, and 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 as far as one hit wonders go in that that conversation. <laughs> That's just my baby daddy. It, you still know it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I was so, like so, making sure I remember them. No, no, oh, no, yeah. no, you do. Yeah. Like the thing is, it's you understand it, it's just a hit. You like don't, you know <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> but like not is. a lifelong fan. But but, me. but but the thing about that, and this is why I'm 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 worried about it. Anybody who can make a hit is could possibly make another one. That's the Kenny Beats tweet, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you've I, done it once. Yeah. You now know what it feels like. Yeah. Like yeah. you have an advantage over most people. Yeah. And by the way, making a one hit is is hard as fuck. Yeah. Like it's not like a, like it's not easy. And by the way, B-Rock is a real producer. Like, you know what I mean? It was a lot of real things happening to make a novelty record. Yeah. But it took a profession, it took professionals to do it. Yeah. Um. So it's not like a, cause I don't ever want to slight things that like art anybody's art and how especially when it works um but i also understood that that wasn't going to be the thing that kept me in the music business per se mm-hmm. you know not that one thing or that one kind of thing um and i'm you know just based on my my feeling of of old school crews like 
Marley Mall had a crew called the Juice Crew. Mm-hmm. And that yep. was Big Daddy Kane. It was Roxanne Shante. It was um, Cool G Rap. It was all these different Biz Markie. Every it was all different personalities. The fire as the group. symphony. Yeah, they like, made the symphony. This, I didn't know about this group. Dude. Okay, so but this is what I'm saying. It's like, but they are the the cornerstone of it for me. Like Marley Marl produced most of LL Cool, not most, but a lot of LL Cool J records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you, I understood early that it's like that taste. His taste was what dictated how I learned about New York hip hop. Yeah. And I took that kind of thing serious. Like I felt like that about, that was my space in the, in, in our, in the dungeon family at La Face, um, for, for ghetto vision, everywhere I, I've gone, I've tried to take that sensibility of like, okay, do we have this? Like, what is this for? Like, who's this serve? Who, you know, yeah, I guess that, and by the way, that's what tip is for me. It's like, it served, like a real section like it was like it spoke directly to some people mm-hmm. and and i knew that if, if you can get a, a a base of people who can true your words then you can you can you can you can you can make a career out of that I, it, I feel like almost nobody especially just independent artists think about like who who is my who are my people you yeah. know who am I what, yeah. what's my avatar who am i talking to it's so important to like understand that. Well, be, because the majority of us, and even you and I included sometimes, man, and I think we're, we're getting better about this, of knowing that we don't need millions of people to fuck with us, no. to have a sustainable business. And that yeah. goes for art too, like yeah. any art. Like this Actually, is art. The, in real art, exclusivity is more valued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if what you have is, is deemed worth more, everybody shouldn't have it. Yeah, like why would everybody get it? And by the way, those are, that makes those other kind of the FOMO fans. Yeah, like there's not I, that many Van Gogh paintings. It's not. So like, you have one. Yeah, you gotta be a thief to get one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so we should make the KP interview exclusive, paid only content. I mean, the problem what, is that's what we did with departments. It worked. I mean, listen, because now you know who he's wants got it. Five hundred other interviews is the problem. <laughs> it's not, not very it, but not ours, bro. Come not on. one more time. No, I can't. True. I can't win with this guy's attitude listen, like that. I, Jesus, I'm trying to be constructive. Anyways, um, <laughs> all right. So, kind of, you know, piggybacking off of the hit record thing, right? So, I know that you didn't feel like you were super into "You Don't Know Me," for example, right? But obviously, it was a smash. Like it wasn't my favorite record. Okay, exactly. Mm-hmm. But but just overall, in the course of your career, yeah. Do you know what a hit sound like? Did you know all of the hits? Or were you surprised by some of the What's ones? Funny? No, no, no. I think it's probably by, it's, it's backwards on that for me because I kind of picked the the other records, and and there and by the way, those were the ones that were hits for me, like ordinary people, um, <sighs> shit, random enough, and and I don't in any way try to take credit for the making of any of the anything that went into this record, but my opinion definitely helped sway. Um, Crazy in Love coming out Wow As a single Yeah Because At the time It wasn't It wasn't being Seen as a hit It was It was like Oh that You know I worked at Sony At this moment And The record that Was supposed to be The first single was Baby Boy um, Her and Sean Paul And You know Again Great song But I But I had The I had the The um the pleasure of hearing Crazy in Love in a earlier um, incarnation of it from uh, Rich Harris, the producer. He played me the song. It wasn't Beyonce's vocals. 
um, just to make sure y'all know. It was uh, a writer. It was it reference. Was, it was a reference. Yeah. It. And I was like, oh, that shit is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and look. And, how about that? Oh, come on, Henry. I'm Jesus sorry. Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm 31. Sound effect for that. I, it's I, yeah, a actually, no, I did. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. oh my God, way to ruin that. No, no, no. I, mean, I got. I got. See what you did. Pick it back up. Pick, pick it back up. But, Katie, come on. But, but um, but we were in a in one of these big A and R meetings and. They played Baby Boy, and I was like, oh, great, cool. But something in me was like, hey, what happened to the record, the Rich Harris record? Now, at this point, I had already heard that Jay-Z was on it. I hadn't heard this version. Um, I hadn't even heard Beyonce's vocal yet. But I was like, I just wanted to hear it in this room because it was like this big Sony studio, huge speakers, and I had only heard it in the car in a demo. So they played it, and I just remember like kind of blacking out like cl- closed eyes going oh my god this is amazing but when I opened my eyes <laughs> nobody else was <laughs> <laughs> yo imagine like looking at their phones the best yeah. picture <laughs> no it was, it was like this huge room too by the yeah. way it was like it was a lot board room of bored yeah. people <laughs> right it was it was a board board room, room. <laughs> I see what you did <laughs> okay give me the come on come on yeah okay. well, I was with you that, that was a good one I was okay. with you like, thank you yeah, yeah. you're gonna I, I'm gonna do the sound effect for KP. Majority, no. well, majority that- rules on this one, but um, right. Okay, good. Okay, so <laughs> turning Ben's mic off for a second. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, hey, hey, hey. That's amazing. Um, that's a hell of a control. Um, he has all the fucking power over there with his soundboard, like Thanos. Um, but the song goes off. I'm like <laughs> geeked up, but nobody else is. It's <laughs> great. And it's then amazing. Someone says something to the effect of, "It's not really urban." And I think I threw a pencil at the person. It was like I lost it. <laughs> and um, and so, cause somebody else told me about it. I didn't remember the pencil. Actually, somebody else. Um, you really blacked out. I blacked out for wow. real. Wow. Yeah. Um, Violent. Celine. Violent actually, blackout. My homeboy Celine told me. He's like, yeah, you don't remember throwing the pencil? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, but anyway. And then the our boss at the time, Donnie Einer, I guess he saw my. My visceral, Passion. visceral reaction, <laughs> yeah. and you know, thought it was something to it, and called up you know this guy Footy, who was the the mix show guy, and Footy was like, he's that dude in the streets. He's a guy with the Funk Master Flex relationship. I can go, I can go get Flex, Flex to play it tonight to see how it would resp- how everyone yeah, so responds. So he did that. Wow. And I think that night Flex played a record for like thirty minutes. But like, <laughs> I love Flex for doing that like, shit. No, bro. no, but it was crazy because it was like me and Footy were in the car. He was like, "It's about to go." He came and got me from my hotel. We sat in his car, and he was like, "He's about to play it." Watch. And he played it. And he was like, "Oh my!" You know, he did the yeah. thing, and he again. Bombs, and, and he, again, and he kept going. And to the point where me and Footy were in the car looking at each other, like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, "What did? You, what do you know? Like, what do you know on this dude? Like, what? Like, I thought it was something else, but it was really that Flex said that when he dropped it, the phones, like this was Lit an old up. school. People were calling, go, "What is that?" Yeah, mm-hmm. and that you know that night it went up. Wow, that's and, crazy. But but it was again. I feel like it was the feeling. It was mm-hmm. just a, it was just a feeling. I can, like I love to be like I know what a hit sounds like. I don't. I know the. I know what the truth feels like, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. It's that brass. It's a fucking amazing story. Yeah, it's like it's not urban, but it's like a shy light sample with a go go beat with Beyonce and Jay Z on it. Wow. So I guess you know, 
in your experience then, like, is there a formula for hit records where there's like certain elements that all of them have? Yeah, you remember them. Yeah, mm, like, I did start singing so, the. Yeah, that's the difference. It's like when people say like it's like the difference in a, a hit to me and a vibe. Like you know, vibes are like yo, that's cool. I fuck with it. I can smoke to it. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you don't go to it for a reason. Like a hit song is applicable to something. Yeah, yeah. so it's intangible. And yeah. and that's something we actually give feedback on and you know in those same live reviews is that like if we're repeating the lyrics at the end of it yeah, it's a very good time it's a very good yeah, sign absolutely if we're uh, singing along by the second hook you've done something incredible <laughs> yeah if we know the hook after listening to the hook one time ever you're doing it right no it's, <laughs> it's, sure. it's absolutely true um okay so you know Obviously, radio was yeah. still extremely important. It was like a phone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, it was extremely important still at, at that mm-hmm. point in time. But you know, fast forward, like mm-hmm. how how are artists breaking now that that you see? Right. I mean, this still starts at the product. Um, like people like Water, the Tyler record, right? Yep. People call it a TikTok hit. It's just a it's a hit record. It's just a great song. It makes sense. It's applicable to if you want to dance, if you want to dance and feel like it's some sexual shit. It's, it gives you energy and it's memorable. It's a great written song, like lyrically from top to bottom. It makes sense, um, you know, and produced properly, like not and not just properly, because I don't know if that's a thing, but it's produced in a way that you you feel you feel it. But but did did TikTok make it a hit? Because no, I could I could no, sit here no. I could sit here and make made it a hit. The the yeah. writer and producer made it a hit. But if TikTok no one's around to hear it, TikTok is a tool. Yes, that you use to get people to hear it. Like that's what I'm saying. TikTok radio is at one point MTV. It, like it, there was always a tool or a medium mm-hmm. that people used. The medium doesn't make people like things though. No, like yeah. now you can try to pay for the medium to be repetitive. But that doesn't make it successful. That just makes it like sometimes annoying. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, Amber Grimes talked about they've spent like Addison Ray level TikTokers on campaigns that have just not worked. Flopped. Yeah. So you you can you can pay radio all you want back in the day. You can yeah, pay you can MTV. Pay you can pay anybody, but the, you can't pay people to actually like you. Yeah, right. like you can't buy friends. Like, right. You know I mean? like, it's I've, real real ones. Anyway. I've tried. That's my point. It yeah. go, it, but uh, it go it goes into <laughs> the shit that your grandma. I know, right? <laughs> Like that's a different, that's a whole different conversation. Different conversation. Do we have time? No. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm, I'm just. All right, I have a newborn uh, baby at home. KP. I'm just a little <laughs> bit in my head right now. Yeah. What is life? I don't know what's happening. Right. Um. Damn. No. That's that's actually. It's so true, man. Um. We've just had. We've had so many people talk about that. Yeah. I mean. About again, it's the truth. Like the truth resonates. It. You'll you hear the truth in more conversations than a lie. Mm-hmm. So. Same for music, same for artists, same for basketball. Like, the truth is the truth. But, okay, let me ask you, like, if I had five hits sitting on my hard drive over there that no one's heard, but they are, they're them. Uh I mean, like, these are the ones. Uh Um, How are... How are people like making that, you know, how, how, how do they get to that level, I guess, these days? Again, it's still going to be pairing that song that's the one with the artist that's the one for it. Because mm. sometimes you, you know, you can get a writer, producer who made a song and they want to be the artist that presents it. They may not necessarily always be the, the personality that best sells it. Like it's, it can mm. be your idea, but sometimes, again, it, 
a front man for a band isn't always the most talented. It's not always a writer. It's not always the producer. But it's the person that people receive it from. Yeah. Easier. It's the mouthpiece. Yeah. No, and, and that's huge, man. We've heard so many songs from our community where I've actually given the the feedback of like, I think that is a hit record or like the way the, the lyrics are written and the melodies and all the things, but, but you're just not the artist to deliver it. Yeah. It just, your delivery wasn't the right pairing to your point. And yeah. I think that's okay. And I, I and don't it know. Doesn't mean, it doesn't say anything less about you or better. Like, no, no. you know, again, another random, but, or not so. Um, and I guess I'm going in concession with other stuff, but like, cause I hate really talking about the old shit, but this is just a perfect example. You don't have to call was Pharrell's um, second record he was going to put out with Fronten. Like those were his singles. Like, like I kind of begged and you know, like yeah, I begged for that record for Usher. But but I also put it in a in a way that made sense. It's like okay, if you have this hit with Fronten, you're probably going to go back in the studio at some point and not want to be on tour. Usher's going to never want to be off tour. He'll sell your record for you for the rest of his life, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and it's like if so. Per- Pharrell, so for everyone that is listening, Pharrell wanted you don't have to call. That was, Pharrell, his, that was his song. Yeah. Okay, I just you talk sometimes in like you understand what's happening. I just need everyone yeah, to yeah. understand. Break it down for the people. Yeah, oh, no, that's fine. Okay, I so let, let, that. yeah, I, you should go everywhere with me. No, <laughs> I, I would love to. Let's do it. I mean, I, you, you might get annoyed by me sometimes. I don't know. Henry does a but lot. It's fine. But yeah, so explain explain the situation a little okay, bit more. So, so. Pharrell, uh, Pharrell Williams is an American producer. <laughs> from okay, KP. Okay, not that far. It's something in the middle of those oh, two. Yeah, I'll a wiki. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, I did wiki you. That's I don't know if you've ever wikied yourself. I haven't because I, I think anybody can put information on it. I think, you, but you, don't you want to make sure no, it's accurate? You tweeted something about like someone uh, said that you were the founder of the Dungeon Family. Yeah, and I'm like, I wasn't. I, was like, <laughs> I thought that was so went. funny. I was like, yeah, Man. but that's what I'm saying. I'm like, but I, like those corrections because those are my, you know, like I know the answers to those people, <laughs> and I don't want anybody thinking I'm co-signing this shit. Right? Yeah. Like no, but I am a original founding member. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, so <laughs> Pharrell, Pharrell, we've heard of him who writes songs and produces. <laughs> yes, he does. And sing sometimes. And creative directs for Louis Vuitton. And he's a happy guy. He's, he's very happy. Yeah. He, he's a joyful dude. Um, <laughs> and, but he, you know, this is, I was an A&R at Arista at this point. Yeah. This is Arista. And he really did every, Fuck every label, label yeah. bro. All of them. Yeah, yeah. The wiki didn't cover all of those no, because LaFace is looked at. Oh, as Arista, yeah, Arista. okay. So that's right, it wasn't right. like I had to go. Sure, sure. You didn't get a new job, job but yeah. um, new boss. No, same boss. <laughs> um, so, but but again, we went for a whole nother record. We went for the I don't know record that's on the eighty seven to one album. And when I got there, he played me this other one. You don't have to call, and I'm like, oh shit. Like Usher would kill this, like you know what I mean. It, it, but it's the inst- understanding that what Usher's gonna do, he's gonna dance, he's gonna do a bunch of shit to make this record that much more special. But when you, so you, so you hear the record that Pharrell plays, you don't have to call, right? And is he asking an opinion of like, I don't think so. who would kill this, <laughs> no, or is no, he just like, here's no, my check song, this shit out. No, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you're just this. like, oh man, this other artist would fucking kill this. What? No, nah, not like, like that, how did you, how did you deliver? We were already working on Usher. We were already working on with Pharrell. Yes. On the other song. Okay. okay. So and it was top of mind yeah. him and him. And, and, and again, I think again, I, I, and this could be totally wrong, but I think that 
when people play me stuff, they have to know that I'm thinking of <laughs> if I'm working on something, just know that that's on my mind. So I think that <laughs> mm-hmm. they know this. Like, so it wasn't like a surprise. He knew it was a, he knew it was a hot record. But I don't think he knew that I was going to argue my case <laughs> the way that I did. Because I'm sure I wasn't the first person to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely like, not. Like, How does that work? When, like, songs get played, is, everyone, is it, like, vultures coming yeah, around? Like, absolutely. It's okay. like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's is that the sound you made when you, <laughs> or Usher made, did Usher make it? No, Usher wasn't there, but, <laughs> okay. but it was definitely, like, in my head. Um, okay, wow. But no, but, again, it's like, it's not to say, obviously, uh, Pharrell's a superstar. He's he's a superstar producer. He's a superstar writer. He's a superstar fashion designer. He, he's a superstar. Yeah. Um, Amen. So it's not like a slight. It's just saying that, okay, first of all, this could be, this could serve better here. And yeah, and it's, again, it wasn't me trying to, yeah, I can't slight who Pharrell is or was at that moment. What was your, in, well, why did you think that? Like, well, what was your instinct about, like, what was the difference in the Pharrell cut versus what you heard for Usher, I guess. It's her and it's kind of saw. Um, it's seeing, I've seen what Usher does with hit records, with great, and I, maybe I'm going to take that out of it. It's not the hit records, but like great songs, like great artists who are performers, who have the ability to sing, dance, and and emote <laughs> these songs to yeah. people. Like, I just know what that does, and I know what Usher's capable of. And at the time, I just really knew that he would. I knew what he would do with it, and it was just. It, it was kind of like the passion of. If I had a pencil, I probably would have threw it at somebody. <laughs> at Pharrell, <laughs> maybe back then, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe. Like security wasn't in the room. Um, Not now. He's your boss. Well, he's my friend. He's, he, <laughs> you know, we work together. Um, <laughs> Buzz. But um, <laughs> sorry, KP. No, no, no. Um, but in that in that way, you know, it, it, it's, it's the I think he trusted my opinion and trusted I was coming from a real place. Yeah. Did he feel any type of way, or was it automatically like an easy? No, a- actually, after Usher sang it, he was like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah." He just had to hear it out loud one time. Damn. Yeah. It just took up the personality and the the presence of an usher to like do the song justice. I think, well, no, right? he did it justice. But yeah, it's just to 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 make it supersede what the original thought might have been. That's what I mean, like justice as getting it to the world and and you know getting it heard and getting it performed like on tour. To your point, right by as many people as yeah, possible. Like that song, you that song plays every night at a club. Yeah, everywhere. Like yes, like because it's a hit record. Like Pharrell made an amazing song. Yeah. And he does know. that. Yeah, he's, he's amazing at it. Yeah, and all right, so you mentioned, obviously, Pharrell's a superstar. You've had the pleasure of working alongside and with a ton of superstars, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm always fascinated by, like, do superstars have the same qualities always? Um, is there a DNA trait? Yeah, like, is it, like, you have to have these things? Yeah, I think, but it's the same. It's, it's, yeah, it's, the, it's, a, it's a winning spirit. And it's coachability. It's um, it's the want to be better. It's the understanding that they're talented, but knowing that it requires, uh, you know, sometimes things that you're not seeing. Mm-hmm. So most, I call them winners <laughs> or superstars. They they really are really discerning in the people in the room and why they listen to them. Like they're very clear about you know 
they're clear about who they are and they're clear about who they aren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn. It's it's that self awareness. Self awareness is everything. It's everything. literally. I love you know after you do this 150 plus episodes, you start to like hear. Every story is unique, and that's why we love doing this. But like, there's still some recurring themes, themes, yeah, and like self awareness. Yeah. Oh, people lie to themselves every day without oh my knowing it. God, it's crazy. It is mind blowing, right? Yeah. And, and it is something so blatantly obvious when we've gotten the pleasure of talking to people like yourself who have just achieved so many amazing, great things, right? And have worked with other people who have achieved even greater things, right? Um, it's that self awareness, man. It's it's knowing exactly who you are and what you're good at, but also equally important, knowing what you need to learn and, and where you can improve and like where you can be coached. To your yeah. point. And that's, yeah, that's huge, man. Um, all right. So I, I do want to get like one perspective as someone who, like you said, you've worn the A&R hat at every label under the sun, it sounds like, right? So, um, it, you know, for someone like you, who's worked on so many albums, like I'd love to contrast like two albums. I don't know if this is too hard for you to like mm. think of uh, off the cuff, but like, you know, two albums that you've been a part of that were just so drastically different in their, uh, like creative processes. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I'm assuming there's some parallels and some similarities amongst how albums are made. Right. Like there's Mm -hmm. some playbooks, maybe, I don't know, like some blueprints, if you will, but there's probably some like extremes of like, Oh man, the way that we made this outcast album versus the way that like this usher record, you know, came about, like, is there any two that really stick out in your head as like, like polar opposites on how they were like how they came to life. And I don't know if that's too hard of like a question. Cause you've worked on so much, but what are you saying? I'm sorry to um, pause. Um, <laughs> um, cause I, I, all of them are different. Um, I would say, okay. Like earth gang. Yeah. Okay. So here's a here's a good one, right? Earth Gang, who people compare to a Dungeon Family Act, or you know, they it it there's a similarity in it, right? How do you feel about that? No, I think I think they're of the 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 generation after us, and they have traits that hopefully we laid in the you know in the DNA of the music in Atlanta. Yeah. Like so, it. I hope that there's some thread, right? But, um, yeah, I would hope for it. I would hope it wouldn't just die with like when people are comparing them and feeling like some type of way about it. I'm like, why would we not want like some sort of resurgence of that like feeling and that aesthetic? And what it is, is I think that again, like we're all from we're all from the same city, yeah. Like, so that DNA is in the city. Um, they're totally different though. Like, whereas Outcast, we had a a core group of producers that did everything that that helped with the writing, help you know, like with hooks and melody and and just direction. Earth Gang was more they 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 they, they understood who they are as artists, but they weren't necessarily um, dead set on a group of producers. Mm-hmm. So we worked with more than you know we worked with multiple people. Um, and the hardest part on that was just trying to get things that were cohesive, but it's, it's the same goal, same vibe, but it's just, it's totally different because you get to, you know, we traveled more, we went to different studios, we did, dealt with different producers, different musicians, got more information, you know, more things to put into the pot of the gumbo. Well, so, so were there more, uh, records to choose from at the end of the day? 
No, it's just, it, but no, it was harder to figure out in the beginning what the the through line was going to be mm-hmm. because they had been working way before I got there. Because um, I like Barry said, it's like I want you to Rick Rubin this shit. Whereas you come in and listen reduce. to what's there, re, not necessarily re, reduce but refine. Yeah. So it's like just figure out what what are the things that stick out to you as a person coming in from the outside, mm-hmm. and what are the things that are that that you know that you would showcase more. So I came in from that side of it as an executive producer, right? So, and because of my history with not just Outkast, but with other successful artists, it was like the same question. Like, what's the thing that's cool about them? And we had to focus on their voices and the differences in their voices and the differences in their opinions, the differences in in their styles. So I, I could take that idea from Outkast of, you know, two polar opposites that, are that sound like one thing and take that over here. But I couldn't do it in a way where it was one producer who was, you know, a, a one producer, producer camp doing it. it. It's just, I don't know. It's different. I can't, um, I don't know. It's so many differences that it's weird. Is the, no, is, I think I understand yeah. that piece. Cause it's actually oh. a perfect, cause oh, okay. I was going to talk about the comparison that earth gang always gets oh, okay. to outcasts anyways. Yeah. So it's actually kind of perfect that you like used that, Okay. As the example of like having worked on a lot of outcast, you know, projects. And then obviously most recently yeah. doing the ghetto gods by earth gang. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it, it does sound like there's gotta be pros and cons to the multiple producers versus the it camp. Is. Right. Absolutely. Like yeah. it's so much easier when you have a, when it's a camp, what's this in camp, you know, music. Cause it's like the conversations are easier and better. Like, everything's kind of out and open. It's like friends talking and you can get to take all these conversations and put them into the music. Like you can hear somebody walking through the, through the room going, ain't no thing, but a chicken. Hey, come say that. It's different in that way. It's, no yeah. one's saying that in the curated session that was set up yeah, no. in LA yeah. with random, or not random, but well, like producer, you know, X, Y, Z. But that's what makes it hard. Trying to find those producers who aren't going to feel random. Yeah. Who aren't going to come in with a totally different energy that off puts the artist or vice versa. Yeah. You know, mm. I don't know if you're around for the recording, actual recording process of any of that, but I'm curious, um, how earth gang, like just in an mm-hmm. age now where, you know, people are freestyling and punching in and just kind of coming up with shit, you know, is, is cause I feel like outcast was, you know, they were either they, or, you know, the producers to your point, writers, whoever was probably, you know, people well, back then every, took more every time. Every verse that was ever said. Everything written down was ready to wrote, go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, is that different now? No, I mean, with Earth Gang, they had a lot of stuff done. And, and by the way, we went in and redid verses, you know, took verses off, changed them. Like, Pay attention to that, by the way, everybody. Yeah. Like, so your first take is probably not the one. Well, it, or if it is, you'll know. Right. Because the room will, like, we, we did a lot of cool shit, like having people in the studio. Mm-hmm. Like, we would make sure they were in with producers. Uh, and even bringing other people into the studio just to, to hang, like, good energy people in the room. And... You see when it's right. Like, the room moves different. Um, yeah, like, it, it's... When you say it and you got to tell somebody why it was dope... It's not dope. It's not dope. You got. You should yeah. probably... So do you, should you be an advocate of having people in studio sessions? Because some artists like to... people. Some artists like to work by themselves. Just give me the engineer. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, I can um, see why. I don't, I don't know why... A, I don't know a lot of 
really, really great records that came out that way. Like, yeah, and, and, and I don't understand. And by the way, someone, and I'm sure there are, I know there are. Sure. Some. But you're missing out on the data that you get by the reactions from the people. Yeah. And just that, coming from a DJ A&R, it's, it makes perfect sense. That's right? what I was going to say. And at the end of the day, I mean, artists, a big part of your job is performing in front of people. Mm -hmm. yeah. So for me, if you can't give the room, the emotion that you need to be able to give time and time again when you're touring this shit and whatever. Mm. I, I don't really know what, like, I don't know. Like you said, I, there's tons of records I know for a fact have been created where it's maybe just producer, one producer, one engineer and artist. And that's cool. But like, I'm totally understanding like the value you can get by having like the right those, people, those in the room. right people in the room. Yeah. Because listen, man, like it's nothing worse than uh, like the dungeon family the reason why i think everyone in the crew is so good is because everyone in the crew is so good so if you're in the booth and you say something and you see CeeLo or you know or andre go ooh, you know that was it, it. hit something yeah. right because that's a discerning ear it's not just somebody who's happy to see you in the studio and it's you're really happy being, to smoke your weed. It's being tapped yeah. in with tapped in with your emotions, man, and like yeah. just letting you yourself feel things, and then recognizing when you feel things. It's <laughs> so it's so <laughs> right. It's so simple to say, but do, man. Yeah, well, I guess my question would be: Do you think that some people's feelings are, you know, more right than others? Like, for example, your feelings have had a pretty good fucking track record of yeah, yeah. being the My right feelings are good being the right feelings okay so but do you think that you know shit just anyone like you know because everyone's a consumer of music obviously yeah. or at least most people are a consumer of music so like is their feeling like are all feelings created equal i guess is my question here yeah but i think some feelings aren't ready to be in the room because yeah, in your car, you you'll probably in the car by yourself. You'll be honest. You'll either turn the shit up or turn it off. In a room in that you're not used to being, that you're not used to being in, where you're trying not to get kicked out of, where you're impressed by everyone in the room, you're you could possibly lie in that room to to not because you don't know how to feel. You don't want to be the person that says no. You don't. There there's a there's a you can't have fearful energy in the room. Mm -hmm. Like you can get like all, all opinions matter. It's just depending on how you process it and who, you, if you care, if you're trying to get that person, then it matters. If you don't care as much, it won't matter as much. Yeah. And it goes back to kind of, you know, the beginning of the conversation full circle of like why you've maybe been so valuable is that you have a tendency to be very honest and I think that to your point, it might not even be like blatant lying. It might just be no uncomfortability, insecurity. Yeah. It could be, I don't know, yeah. but I should say something. So I might as well just bob my head and vibe yeah, because <laughs> that's what everyone else is doing or whatever. Like that's yeah, what I think I should do. I've been in the studio do. before. Oh yeah. God, this is amazing. And, it's cool. And probably the free weed thing is. The free weed yeah. is always it's a thing. Probably the thing. And these I speakers mean. are very big and the bass <laughs> is just very loud. Yeah. I love it. It makes my heart <laughs> vibrate. It's, it's so true. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I you know, I did want to ask this, like, What's, what's getting you, well, you know, we kind of touched on this with the whole, you know, you know, managing TI and he's got his hands in a lot of different things creatively, obviously working at I am other, you guys have your hands in a lot of different things as well, but like, what's getting you excited, you know, creatively right now? Um, because you've just done so much over the years. So it's like writing an out. Okay. Writing. Yeah. I'm actually writing a TV show. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Any, anything you want to share? No. Okay. Just, like, but it's, that's it's, what you're doing. That's the yeah, that's the move. Like I've, I recently, um, 
started doing music music supervision and, and music consulting for TV stuff, right? I did the music supervision for this. Um, it's a documentary on the the Godfather of Harlem. And, like, it was based on the music that they used. So I got to do the music supervision for that documentary. Then the first season of Harlem, I was brought in to be a music supervisor, which was way harder than I thought. And I ended up needing help and, and took the music consultant credit. But that that experience in film and TV, it was kind of like, oh, this this is this looks fun. And it's a lot um yeah, it's just it's is is I'm I'm going into film and TV. Yes. That's fucking dope. Wait, go uh, like do you have any is there like who's hell how do you know how to write like what how do you know how to write a TV show? <laughs> so again, how do like, you write a TV show? Yeah, no, like, well, first you get um final <laughs> um final draft and Okay, that's the yeah, that's, that's the, the one software. I've heard. Yeah, that's the yeah. one I've heard of. But but you read like there there just there are books on on writing. Okay. Like and you know and you get good mentors. I, I have like I'm blessed enough to be connected to a lot of really great talented people, artists, writers and directors, actors and I get to see I like I feel like everything I do I get to kind of intern first. Like I get to go hang out and see how things move and when I recognize that in TV and film production is just like movie, I mean music production if you do it right where you just make sure the right people are in the room. You make sure that the right writers are there to help. You make sure that the, the, the authentic voices are in the writer's room. You make sure that the, the person who's filming it can, can see the, 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 the scenery almost, like the, the details and things, and they understand it. Um, are you writing this for uh, specific people in mind? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, it, it, well, it's a couple of people, like because it, it's based on some things that I knew. So it's like it was a lot easier to kind of start but what I did was I got with someone who who was a real writer, show you know, professional, credited writer, showrunner, to help and and it and it's making it, I guess, that much more of a fun process because, first of all, there's some some validation in my idea, and in the original script that I wrote is like, like oh, that's a real script. So, How long did it take you? Ooh, like four it? years. Four really. Years. Believe it. Is that and you wrote a whole like season? Yeah. Oh well, okay. no, no, I wrote no. It took four years to write a pilot. Mm. A pilot. Mm. Yeah, because oh, again, no, I mean, I don't know. No, 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 I, yeah. but, but but again, I say that because again, in in those four years, I had to learn how. Like the yeah. first time I wrote it, I wrote it in my notes. <laughs> sure. Like, this person, then this person's gonna say, yeah. then, like, <laughs> but it was like literally, like, yeah, like yeah. this long drawn out way of writing, like, oh, and then they would be like, and, and, and they would drive up in this car, and you know, and. Then when I, the first person I showed it to was like, oh man, I he, I see the story, but it's not at all written well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel you, KP. <laughs> yeah, like, for, but, like but, but, but for real, it was, yeah. it was that. It was like, that's actually a really great premise. It's a great story. It's a great, now you need to learn how to write it in, in, in structure. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it wasn't written bad, like grammatically. It was <laughs> written bad, like. It didn't have a structure. It's like you're talking to yourself. Yeah. And, and this guy's going to pop out from the left. And yes. Say, <laughs> and it's like, the way that you say that is scene, <laughs> it opens, um, yeah. you know, yeah. and learning that was the four year process. Cause just because you read it doesn't mean that you can apply it all the, all the way. And then I had to go through the process of sending it to really smart people and let them criticize it and let them redline it and, and, and get feedback. And it was fun because it put me in the position to, 
in the, the other side of the position that I am, I'm in on A&R. Like where, you know, you're- You're that person. I'm now having mm-hmm. to like- <laughs> so you're the artist. Like yeah. 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 You're he's, the, he's the writer. Well, yeah, but I mean, writer. Yeah, yeah, but like, but what's funny is the, the person who's helping me do it, <laughs> I sent her the script- it's a her. I sent it. Yeah, Ooh. we just narrowed it down fifty percent, one thousand percent. When I sent it to her, she was in the middle of doing something that was really important to her already. That was that was happening, and it took her like three or four months to read it. No. And in those three or four months, I I was rewriting. I was doing everything because I was like, she don't. This shit sucks. Oh God. <laughs> but it was just she just didn't have the time. Like I've sometimes not had time to listen to a demo. Mm-hmm. It was that kind of that feeling. But when she hit back, she was like. Oh, this is dope. I definitely want to help. Wow. Just like that. That's awesome, man. No, it's once again, full circle from kind of how you started this as far as like wanting to learn Mm -hmm. and just always like being curious and not, you know, being satisfied with like what you know already. Like that's, that's how I feel too, man. It's like, we, we're trying new things right now with the podcast and just with our company. And it's like the most exciting shit is the new shit. You have to admit. Of course. Cause it's like, I'm not saying we're like podcast veterans and shit, but like, I mean, but y'all got like a hundred yeah, interviewing a hundred thousand ex- interviews. Exactly. Right? <laughs> like, Something like that. We've interviewed a lot of people. We've done a lot of like short form content and like, that's awesome. We're really, we've, we've, we've found ourselves to be like getting pretty good at that. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, kind of doing these other things that like we have a concert coming up in February, oh, um, you know, here in Atlanta. And so like doing stuff like that and then these other things that we're getting ourselves into, it's like, that's what we're very comfortable also with shit not working out, which yeah. is why it's you have to be like, we're going to find out if it works. And that's, it's like, yeah. Oh shit, is this going to work? Or can we cross it off the list and try the next thing? You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? The art tightrope, you know what I mean? It's mm. like where it's only fun if there's a, a chance of you fucking it all up. Yeah. <laughs> if it was a guy walking down across the street. the street, it's not interesting. <laughs> but but if it's a highway, a tight rope. Yeah, across the highway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. might be onto something for sure. Yeah. Henry, we've entered a, entered a final segment of the podcast. Are we there? We're there, man. Oh shit! Let's let's take this. Let's take this, this shit just home. Flew by, man. I know. Um, I, I could talk to KP for hours. Hours, days. We're hours, not fucking Joe hours. Rogan, right? Um, before we get into the rapid fire rampage, <laughs> just selfishly, I just want to ask. So, picture a young Henry. I want to say like 2006, maybe. You're killing like, me, Smalls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, he would be uh, <laughs> the other, the ch- the catcher, the yeah. chubby catcher, right? No, that's who actually that's said it. Oh, right, that is no, he's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, so, he's okay. right. Never mind. Yeah, I stand corrected. KP's right, of course. I just want to know selfishly. Um, I'm, I'm getting driven home from like a summer camp by my cousin, and he turns on this music I've never heard before. What is this? Uh oh. And it's Top Back, <laughs> and it's the song that. I com- I've always my whole life given credit to getting me into hip hop. Just oh, do you sure. have like any Im- involvement? Do you have any memories? Any quick story about that song? I heard it. It was dope. Period. That's it. But, but I wasn't no. But by, by this time, Top Back was that was King. What what was that? It was on Urban Legend. Urban uh, Legend. It was no, on no, Urban. No. Yeah, I think Urban Legend. Oh no, it's trap music. Oh, it was way back. Yeah, it well, might have been trap music. It was, That's the yeah, second album. Back. Right? It was yeah. Top Back. Yeah, not top way back. back. I said top back. It was top he back. He did. He said top back. I know, but you said it was way back. No, uh, no. Now you're doing the dad jokes. I know. I know. Come Hilarious. on. It was actually King. Okay. It was on King. Go oh, with wow. your instincts, man. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I was. I had nothing to do with like making the album. By this time, okay. Ti's on cruise control. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. 
He's working. He's he's good. Like, but was I've he still on Ghetto Vision at that point? No, it's just always been my brother. Like you know, yeah. from that point on, it's like I call him my my little big brother sometimes because mm-hmm. you know he's accomplished a lot. Yes. Um, but when I like that song, I heard when it came out. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't hear that during the process of songs that I okay that he would play. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Because I was at Sony doing. Sony things. Executive for VP shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Doing Sony things. Yep. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Just selfishly wanted to get that out of the way. But but here's the thing though. If that was such an important song, make sure that you go <laughs> make sure that you go on um Opus Entertainment Group. And we're doing the 20 year anniversary of trap music with the Atlanta Pops at the Woodruff uh, Music. Oh, the Art Center? At the Art Center, yeah. Coming oh, up? Shit. Yeah, we're doing a symphony show with T.I. Oh. When is that? It's like it's December 28th and 29th. We had Damn. to add a show because the first show sold out. Oh, my God. Damn, bro. Okay. So, and I just, because of that song, it's like, we've already, that's like one of the ones that yeah. you know is like. <laughs> oh, my it's, God. It's really I can't imagine All right, I'm just going to shoot my shot right now. I'm just going to shoot my shot right now. Okay. Could we get some passes, bro? Like, what's going on, man? Yeah, yeah. Opus Group Entertainment. <laughs> God damn it, KP. But, but you know what? What's today? If you, I can give you a 10% code. Oh, All right. we'll All right. take it, man. We'll take that. We'll take that. We'll take, take it. Let's sure. go. Yeah, I, had to, I had to shoot the shot. No, I, I know. I appreciate it. You respect it? Respect it, sure. it? Um, respect, I guess. Respectfully. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He doesn't respect it. Anyway, this is the Rapid Fire Rampage, KP. It's just a three-part rampage. We're going to have a little fun here. It starts with some short answer questions. Here we go. We're going to get the like really tough uh, ones out of the way, starting with, how are you doing? Great. Okay, moving on. <laughs> KP, what is the last song that got stuck in your head? <laughs> this is going to be great. Uh, was it, uh, Sexy Red? Uh, or Peter's was an eggplant. Ooh, oh. shout out Coop. Yeah we, well, yeah, we interviewed Coop. Did you call him Coop? Coop. <laughs> <laughs> I, this has been bow. a long week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bow, 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 bow. KP, can you name a super important truth about the music industry that people don't want to accept but they really need to you get what you negotiate so have someone that can do that if it's not you (laughs) i'm sure you can only eat one meal for the rest of your life what is it houston's what's the what's the meal Uh, uh, steak a steak potatoes and fries. Well, I actually do fries with the mashed potatoes. It's weird. But That's yeah. awesome. a lot of potatoes, but yeah. Hey man, I'm a growing boy. Is it weird that I? Is it weird that my <laughs> head immediately care? went <laughs> to <laughs> went to uh, peaches and eggplants when you, when you said, <laughs> you know, one meal? Like, I'm turning your mic off again. <clears throat> so. Thank you. KP, for this one, we're going to need your phone. If you, do you have it? Yes, it's right. over there. Okay. Well. Okay. We'll skip that one. KP, no, moving. What, what, I mean, but what is? It? I might. Yeah, you might know actually. Uh, what are the open tabs currently on your internet browser? Oh, oh wow. No, let me get my phone. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Oh, I, I want to know this. Yeah. yeah. I think it could be interesting this to see. This is great. Ben, say something interesting. Quick. Tell a joke. This episode is brought to you by our sponsors. Who don't exist. Reach out anytime. <laughs> okay. Opus Entertainment Group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Use uh, OMT10 for a 10% discount. Okay, there's a SVA payment because my daughter is in SVA and I just paid tuition. Okay. Um, Departments. Yep. Feature film. Um, A guitar center. 
Uh, what are you buying? Um, Christmas gift for my son. Okay. Um, the Atlanta Journal Constitution. South got something to say. Hmm. Actually, I'm pretty PG over here. Yeah. Uh, How'd you feel about that documentary, by the way? I thought it was dope. You thought it was dope? Yeah. Okay. Um, I luckily, oh, <laughs> I don't know why this is in here, but this was one of the ones. It was like John Gotti, <laughs> Time Magazine. On Time cover. Magazine? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know what it is. Me and Barry were talking. Barry Hefner. Yeah. Shout out, Barry. Who will not come on the podcast. He will not do podcasts. He needs a podcast. I know. I think he'd be great. Sure. His tweets are a podcast. They are. Okay. I think he understands his audience. Yep. He he does. does. He does. Last one of the short answer. This is called Ideal Audio KP. You can pick any artists, producers, writers, alive or dead. Just create the perfect song right now. It's perfect question for an A&R. This is perfect for KP. Um, Quincy Jones producing with Pharrell. Oh my God! And put anybody on it? Possibly <laughs> you on it? Drums by like Metro. Oh, wow! Written by Stevie Wonder and Dream. <laughs> oh my God! Um, Literally, it doesn't matter who the artist is. Uh, just wait, Henry. No, I mean, I, I mean, just because it just makes sense, I'm gonna say Usher. Wow, Usher set, Usher set up for greatness, <laughs> man. Crazy. Have you uh, have you been to his Vegas residency? I have. Is it amazing? It is. Is it Dre's? Isn't it Dre's? Or um, no, 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 no. It's at MGM. Why do you say it like that? It's Dre's. No, because Dre's is a club. Yeah. And MGM is like a ballroom, like a theater. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah a bigger, huge, okay. right? Arena, like not okay. arena, but theater i didn't yeah. mean to like uh minimize sorry his usher. Yeah. How, how dare you how dare you offend you usher singing andreas all right all right um this next part is called the this or that i'm just giving okay. two choices pick one here we go mm. starting with hooks or verses <laughs> you can't say both um no. i gotta say hooks if i want to stay in business Smart man. Books or podcasts? Books, actually. (laughs) 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 Good good job, Henry. Saved it. Yep. Hard work or talent? Hard work. I just want to like ask everyone that and then make a compilation of everyone answering hard work. Doesn't matter how good you are. TikTok or YouTube? TikTok. Concept album or collection of hits? You can't ever say both. Uh, nope. That's why it's a good question. <laughs> but my, like I, my career has kind of been both. So, but hits. Yep. <laughs> hits, Fair man. Fair enough. K-pop or death metal? K-pop. A million dollars or Invisibility. Invisibility. I, th- I thought you were going to say, or dinner with Jay-Z. <laughs> Jay-Z already answered that question. Can we just dead that forever, no. please? No. Like, you better get your money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all in my lyrics. Um, and finally, become a full-time rapper or leave the music industry. Like, I can only be a rapper in the music industry? That's, that's it. it. Even though that's not my talent? Correct. That's what makes it a fun question, KP. <laughs> full-time rapper. He's got the tools already, like, Dude. set up. I think he could do it. I just don't want to be famous like that. Well, yeah. too bad. 
You're on the One More Time podcast oh, now, yeah. my friend. You're blowing You're the fuck out of here. Look, man. Yeah, for real. <laughs> okay, the last section is the word association. I'm going to say one word. Just give me the first word right back that you think of off the top of your head. There's no right answers. You're only judged on speed. You're only judged. <laughs> We're judging. <laughs> Starting with hip hop. Great. Umbrella. Rihanna. COVID. Fucked up. Bow and arrow. Out. <laughs> za. Za. <laughs> Completed the. I should have said za za. It's <laughs> perfect. That was good. Two. One. Cybertruck. Content. Uh, that was it. <laughs> I was going to say it sounded like his answer. <laughs> Hit. Song. Riz. Uh, I like what he did so there. So fire. What a bar. <laughs> Op. <laughs> you don't have one. <laughs> Me personally? No, He's no. got so okay, many. Yeah. He's got so many ops, this guy. Listen, if you hear a car pull up, like, pull the strap out. That was all I'm saying. <laughs> Lil. Baby. Ghetto. Vision. Let's, Let's go. go. KP the Great. On the One More Time podcast, as always, please like, comment, and subscribe. If y'all didn't get game from this episode, this is just one of those ones where, like, it's my fault. Unsu- no, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's probably KP's fault, but no, or they just they speak Japanese if yeah. they didn't get it. I think is what the problem was. Yeah, I guess that's the only it's the only explanation, Henry. Yeah, for sure. Like- no, nah, but appreciate you coming on, man. Seriously, bless you. Why? Party shit like one more time. Party one more time. Party shit like one more time.